Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from DenverStiffs.com, Adam Mades. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mades from DenverStiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. So be sure to check us out and follow us on all of our platforms. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You're going to want to follow us on all those because we got cool stuff going on, on on every single one of them. This episode today is going to be on the Nuggets' final preseason game, a loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder, 96-86. to A team that's kind of owned Denver uh, over the last season and, and kind of carrying into here. I think one of the themes of this game was, you know, last season's beefs spilling over into this year. So kind of something to, to keep an eye on. Westbrook always plays with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, but he seems to have an extra chip on his shoulder for Nikola Jokic and company. So something kind of to keep an eye on, an interesting little rivalry. And then, you know, you throw in the Carmelo Anthony thing in there, and and Thunder Thunder Nuggets games can, can get a little heated uh, this year perhaps. So something I think that always makes for fun. It's always fun when your team, whether on the winning end or losing end, it's, it's fun that they have rivalries because that means they're starting to matter a little bit more. We'll start things off by saying I, I, I want to start by talking about Wilson Chandler because he's been, in my opinion, he's been something of an unsung hero in in the preseason. I thought he had a very good game, and I thought he's had a really good preseason. You look at the stats, they don't pop out. He had two points, two steals, six rebounds, no assists, 0 for 5 shooting. Um, bad shooting night from him, and just the offense doesn't pop. But I'll tell you what. The guy has been – I said in the summer that I thought Wilson's most important role this year was going to be on the defensive end. That's where that's where the Nuggets were going to need him most. And I thought through the preseason he's played like a defensive-minded player more often than not, and uh, his defense has been on point. I've always thought that, you know, Wilson's a two-way player. Um, when he focuses on just the defensive end and really goes all out, he's a really, really, really good defensive player. And I thought he was a very good defensive player uh, t- tonight. And not just defensive. You know, you think of defensive, you mean guarding people. He guarded um, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, some of the tougher guys in the league to cover, and he did a good job one-on-one, I thought. But the help side defense was huge. He made a couple nice rotations, you know, bucket-saving plays on the defensive end that – uh, the Nuggets just need they're gonna need that all year from him, and I think it's really great to see that he's um, at least in the preseason has kind of been in that role and presumably you know enjoying that role. I think it's good for him, and I also think you know Jared Dudley was on the Woj podcast a couple weeks back, and he talked about this new NBA is different than the NBA of years past. It used to be you're in a contract year, you got to score points because that's what pops. Now I think. I think GMs and even players are kind of realizing this and agents are realizing, you know, front offices are getting a little bit more smarter to empty calorie stats. They they are a little bit smarter to some of the intangible stuff that, that people bring. You look at Joe Ingles as such a good example. I mean, he got a big contract 
for a guy that's not a big time scorer. You know, it, I don't think ten years ago Joe Ingles gets a big free agency contract. I think he he doesn't get a big contract at all. You just think, you know, he doesn't bring that much value. Now I think teams and GMs realize, you know, scoring these per game stats aren't that important. And I wonder, you know, with Wilson in a contract year, I I hope that if he plays like this all season, he is rewarded properly for for you know what he brings to a team like Denver because I think it's just a cool thing to see it was interesting reading about the Denver Nuggets and comparing them to the Golden State Warriors today there was a great piece done I think Micah Adams on ESPN had it out and you know obviously comparing the Nuggets to what might be the greatest team of all time is putting the cart before the horse but it is kind of cool just to see some of the parallels and Andre Iguodala was one player that uh you know, they compared Paul Millsap to him because he was the free agent acquisition that was kind of the glue guy and all this and that. But, you know, I think you look at Wilson Chandler and think, can he be an Andre Iguodala type player? Iggy, obviously a phenomenal defender. I don't I don't want to try to compare those two or the expectations on Wilson. But Iguodala is a guy that, you know, when the offense is there, it's great. It's a bonus. But he's there to be the defensive guy. And he's he's the guy that unlocks their death lineup and, and and all of those things and his offense is just kind of a nice bonus and he has offensive explosions um, and there's some nights where he's a big part of the offense but m- most nights you don't go in thinking we're game planning for Andre Iguodala on the offensive end you think you know of all the other guys well Wilson might be that guy for Denver where he's the multi-tool defender that's the most important defensive player or one of the two most def- important defensive players on the court every single night and then offensively you know there'll be nights where he only gives you two points in 19 minutes like tonight but there'll also be games where he gives you 25 points and and it's the kind of the x factor so I think this could be a good year for Wilson Chandler uh, again we don't want to read too much into the preseason but he is playing the way that I think is most ideal for the Nuggets at least and uh, I think it's just cool to see. So this could be a good Wilson Chandler, really, really good Wilson Chandler year. The offense in the first half, really throughout the game, was the most Jokic-centric I thought we've seen since last season. Um, I feel like every game has actually kind of gone more and more towards putting the ball in Jokic's hands, little by little. The San Antonio game, I thought there was a lot of it. In this game, I, I thought... This game looked the most like last year than any of the games previously, just in terms of the style of play. Now, Denver couldn't throw the ball into the ocean tonight. They missed so many shots at 33% from behind the line, 11 to 33. And a lot of those, I think, coming in the second half. The first half was a brick fest. And then 34% overall. That's just, uh, you know, they just, you have nights like that. I thought they got some really good looks, um, but just couldn't get anything to go down other than Will Barton who uh talk about a little bit here in, in a moment. But I thought the offensive style, at least, looked more similar to what they've done and looked less clunky. There were still some clunky moments with the offense, but I thought it looked less clunky than um, some of the earlier games. Now, irony, the Nuggets lost the two games where they went to the Jokic-style offense, you know, a more Jokic-centric offense, and they won the other ones. But I think I think anybody would say that probably has more to do with Beating up on the Lakers is different than losing to a Thunder team and a Spurs team that I think will be two of the top three or four defenses in the entire NBA. Thunder, great great defensive team, and, and the same goes for uh, San Antonio. So, um, you know, it's funny because the Nuggets, is for as bad as they played, they were kind of always in the game. There were little stretches where they would really fall behind, but, but I thought that in years past this would have been a blowout that they just get 
you know, it, the, it's kind of over by halftime. Denver hung around in this one, and I thought their defense at least um, kept things interesting. And then that second unit was able to claw back, not just once, but twice the second unit was able to claw back. So very interesting in that regard. Um, I've always said that I think it's going to take time for them to reach optimization uh, on the offensive end, and I still think that's true. But i got to say, even in the preseason, they're moving in the right direction, in my opinion. Um, so at least that's good to, good to see. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um, well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, Sunshine. <laughs> Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. rotation another big storyline now Malone was very adamant although I don't know if I buy it I don't know if, if too many people today at, at in the press were buying it but Malone said don't read too much into the rotation tonight he wanted to give Moutier the night off because every point guard has had a night off except for him so this was kind of his chance and even alluded to maybe it was pre-planned a little bit uh, to have him rest this game. I don't know if I buy that. I think uh, another thing Malone said even before all this was that he wanted the last two games to look more like what it's going to look like in the regular season. So I think I suspect that this is probably close to the rotation that they have. Jamal Murray starting, Jameer Nelson playing backup role. But um, maybe not. Maybe it really, Maybe Malone is being serious when he says that it's still going into the final week. Uh, it's still up for grabs. I don't know if that's worse or better, to be honest with you. I think it's funny. You know, Malone all last year was coy about lineups. Some, there were some games last year where he didn't reveal the starting lineup until the, the announcer revealed it. Malone wouldn't even say it in, in, in warm-ups or whatever. So I don't get it, but I think if – I don't know what's worse. Is it worse that Malone – um, just doesn't is lying to you know and playing this game that doesn't make sense, or is it worse that he actually doesn't know who the starting point guard is one week before before the regular season? I just can't imagine that he doesn't know his rotation. I think he does, and I think it's pretty close to what you saw tonight. But the point guard situation wasn't the only one. The power forward situation was actually even more interesting, in my opinion. This happened in the last game where uh, you know Malone went with kind of an interesting three four combination in this game. Neither Trey Lyles nor Kenneth Fareed played uh, any minutes until garbage time, and instead he went with moving Will Barton to the three, playing Wancho at the four, playing Wilson at the four, um, some of these small ball lineups. In the postgame uh, interview, Malone said that uh, this had at least something to do with Oklahoma City and how they play a versatile and small lineup a lot, so he wanted he was going to match that. Um, but again, I, I wonder if this was Denver's plan. I kind of suspected all along that this would be Denver's plan, that, uh, you know, if it were me, Kenneth Fareed probably would have played a little bit more minutes than he did tonight, maybe maybe one stretch more. But um, more more importantly, I think Denver is probably going to play a little bit smaller, and if they do, then you're looking at Wilson and Wancho together. You're looking at Barton and Wancho, Barton and Wilson at that 3-4 spot. And that's what they did tonight, and it gave a different look. I do imagine it provided Malone with something, you know, he wanted to see this lineup a little bit more and see what it looked like. And, 
you know, he probably got at least a little bit of a feel for what it looks like. I think if Denver does go to it, they'll probably during the regular season they'll probably need to iron out some of the kinks, but at least it's something that's in in Malone's back pocket, and I'm glad it is because I want to see Denver play a lot of stretch lineups. I think Jokic in a stretch lineup is is one of their at least one of their more entertaining lineups certainly, but um, probably one of their best lineup in small doses too. So that that'll be interesting. Diehard Moutier fans might want to fast forward for a little bit. Jameer Nelson played over Emmanuel Moutier. And I got to say, guys, I'm, I'm making enemies this year. It's, it's unfortunate, but I, I see, uh, you know, I've seen my mentions on Twitter and, and, and I see the Reddit and, and, and the comment section on Denver Stiffs. People are not happy with my opinion that Jameer Nelson is very clearly better option than Emmanuel Moutier. But I'm sorry, but it's just, I, I just don't see, I don't see what people don't see in Jameer Nelson. Tonight he was a plus eight. I thought he did a great job when he was in there. He does, you know, he took that Jameer Nelson heat heat check. I think somebody on Stiffs has a good word for it. Jameer, Jameer ball maybe where he does it sometimes where he comes down and shoots a transition three. That's not necessarily open. And, and, you know, those plays I hate, of course. Um, he's got those, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of him. But I just think he he does a lot of things on the offensive end very, very well. Uh, orchestrates the offense, made some great passes, some great plays. And then just, uh, you know, the Nuggets needed <laughs> needed his play. Tonight when he checked into the game, I felt the team changed. And, you know, the Nuggets went with him, Barton, and Murray a lot. And in the past, you know, you've had that Murray-Barton lineup that I thought has been a little bit weird because – Quite frankly, both Murray and Barton are just really good off ball. And when they're in, one of them is on ball, and it just seems a little bit weird. Well, you throw them both out there, but both off ball and Jameer on ball, and I thought that lineup was really good. That was a that was a fun look. It was a fun lineup for them. Um, they had some momentum. We had made some shots, and so that was interesting. I think my personal opinion, and regardless of what I think should happen, I think Denver Nuggets fans need to start preparing themselves for Jameer Nelson, backup point guard, and Emmanuel Moutier, end of bench point guard, because I just think that's that's where this is headed. Um, maybe Denver experiments with sending Moutier to the D League for a little while this year. I don't know, uh, but I just I imagine at this point that Jameer Nelson will be the backup point guard uh, come next Saturday. So, do what you have to do to prepare. Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of one million dollars. What color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to Geico could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay. Judges? That's true, Kevin. They'll allow it. Congratulations. You're a winner. Woo! Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Lastly, I want to talk about the physicality of this game because I thought that was another interesting kind of aspect of it. Uh, I, I mentioned the chippiness, and last year there was some chippiness, and this year it started right off the bat. I mean, at first I thought Russell Westbrook wanted the night off because he, he gave a foul to Nikola Jokic that he's lucky he wasn't thrown out of the game for. Um, but what's interesting is is this question. The Nuggets are a skill team. They're a high IQ team. They're a balanced roster. I'm not sure they're a run through the wall type team, and they have some tough guys. Like I think, I think Jameer Nelson's a tough dude. 
he carries himself. I, I know this probably doesn't translate as much to fans, but just through the locker room and practices and stuff like this, the guy carries himself like an alpha. You know, like he a guy that people. Um, he's he's not afraid to stand up to anybody and 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 just carries himself uh that way i think uh will barton carries himself that way he's a he's a guy that doesn't back down from confrontation i thought jamal murray tonight got eaten alive by russell westbrook but he never once stopped going a hundred percent at him and he never backed down you know he was put in a tough spot he's in the starting starting job tonight and he's guarding arguably the most difficult guy to guard in the entire league Whenever they survey NBA players and ask who's the most tough cover, Westbrook comes up a lot, a lot, especially at the point guard position. He's almost unanimous. Everybody agrees he's the toughest cover. Now, that doesn't mean he's the best player. It's just the most difficult one-on-one individual assignment. Well, Jamal Murray drew that assignment tonight, and he got worked. I mean, there's no way around it. Russell Westbrook uh, almost played like he wanted to tell him, you're not ready. I mean, that, that was really what Westbrook, it felt to me like he was doing, just going at him and trying to break his spirit but i'll tell you what where a lot of players i think would have just gone out there and gone through the motions or sunk or whatever jamal murray attacked him every single time defensively meaning as westbrook comes up it doesn't matter westbrook had 20 points or whatever he'd keep going by and scoring him murray would step up to the challenge every single time and it didn't succeed but it was one of those things it was like you know it was like a bully on the playground beating a kid up and the kid just keeps getting back up and, and, and refusing to accept defeat. That's what I thought from Jamal Murray tonight. And it wasn't the interesting thing was Murray would, would try to stick with, with Westbrook and of course didn't do a great job. And then, you know, someplace he would get switched off onto Paul George or Carmelo Anthony and same thing. Those guys would go right back at him almost like, you know, he was the fish at the poker table. But the thing I have to say about Jamal Murray, and this is why I'm so high on Jamal Murray long term, and this is why I'm so impressed with him just as a as a basketball player and even as a person is I think he's the I've always said I think he's a gamer. I have so much confidence in him reaching his ceiling or getting close to reaching his ceiling because I just think he's the kind of guy that doesn't back down from any challenge every single day. Um, and, and tonight it was the most fun I had tonight was watching Jamal Murray get his butt kicked because he really was, it's almost like Rocky Balboa, right? He just, he keeps taking uh power punches, but he just kept getting up and going back at him. And, and it might not pay off this season. It might not pay off next season, but at some point Jamal Murray is going to be the guy on the other end of that, just uh, doling out punches to, to the other, the new rookies coming out, you know, in, in three or four years. So I thought it was fun to see. There's kind of, you know, it made me in a way kind of reflect on this team because Murray is a stand-in in some ways for this Nuggets team. They're they're not ready for, you know, the maybe the Thunders of the world or the, the Warriors of the world, the Spurs. They're not ready for that challenge. But they're ready to kind of to 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 throw the gauntlet down and lose. But that's kind of what's fun about it. There's some there's some kind of a joy to kind of seeing that seeing a team step up to that challenge and embrace it. And even if they're going to lose and lose in humiliating fashion, they're gonna they're gonna finish on their feet. And I think that's kind of cool. Murray Murray kind of personifies and emboldens that. But it is interesting to wonder. I, I did want to close with this about physicality because. Um, Oklahoma City attacked and was physical with the Nuggets, and and they got the benefit of a lot of fouls tonight. I thought um, some of that just being superstars, you know, some of that I think just being the aggressor usually gets the calls, and they were the aggressor a lot tonight. Um, and that's going to be a challenge, I think, for Denver. I by no means think this team is soft. I, I don't, 
They are a finesse team. They're an ex- they're a they're a skill team, but I don't think they're soft. But the the league is going to test them. The Oklahoma Cities of the world, the Russell Westbrooks of the world, the Carmelo Anthony's is going to test Denver's metal. And really, what they're testing isn't just their physical toughness. They're gonna it's the testing their metal and testing their their um, their mental toughness and. Uh, tonight, you know, I thought Denver did a good job of responding. You know, Nikola Jokic in years past would get some frustration fouls and maybe do some crazy stuff. I thought he kept his cool for the most part tonight. Um, but Denver, I think, at some point this year is going to have to be the puncher, not the punchy, and in some of these physicalities. And that'll be another question, I think, on the on the docket for this team this year is how they respond to that all year. So tonight, I thought, despite it being a loss, I think this one you have to chalk up to a great, great preseason learning experience. I'm, I would rather the Nuggets have a game like tonight where they lose to the Thunder in the preseason than another, you know, three more Laker games where they can just steamroll Brandon Ingram or, or you know, some other some other guys that are not ready. So it was a good one. Now we get to turn our attention to actual, real, meaningful basketball. The Nuggets have a week to prepare, which is an eternity, it seems like. Uh, Malone has said that they're going to take tomorrow off completely. Uh, he told he said he didn't want the guys even in the gym, just get treatment, but don't don't shoot around or do any of that stuff. So we'll see if anybody listens to that. Um, and then it gets fun. We got a week away until Stiff's Night Out, the 18th, at the Celtic in Denver. And I think tomorrow, finally, I can announce our secret. But um, you're going to want to be there. I think uh, I'll just tease that I think there's going to be some free booze, free beer for everyone all night long. So that would be a... Uh, that would be a pretty great thing. So thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. Again, don't forget to put Stiff's Night Out on the calendar. It is a week from tomorrow, or a week from Wednesday, I should say. Um, Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everybody next time. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com.